What is up, Pantano? All of our friends around the country, this is Trevor DeVage with my main man, Dylan Mitchell, over here on the microphone. This is a brand new episode of The Make. We're back. We are back. Uh, I feel like today's a little hype. Like we're recording a little later in the day. (laughs) (laughs) We're not dead tired like we usually are. No, 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 no. I'm like four coffees in at this point. Well, I'm still four coffees in. It's just (laughs) later in the day. I just doubled the content. That's all I've done. And we've got a repeat offender on the podcast. Um, glutton for punishment. Glutton for punishment. That's what we call our, our guests that have been here more than once, a repeat offender. Um, because you have to hang out and sit here and listen to us for the next hour long we talk. Uh, but Saul, you're back with us, man. Yes, I'm so excited to be with you. How guys. are you doing today, man? You good? I'm doing really good. So Saul preached this last weekend. He closed up our Hope Dealer series. And uh, incredible message. Oh, yeah. um, really, really incredible message. And um, there's a lot of things we want to touch on with that. Uh, we had baptism Sunday yes. this last week. Over and 25 people. Yeah. In fact, before it happened, we had 27 people signed up. And yeah. uh, I just love watching God move in those moments. Um, and something we've not really talked about yet on here, which we had on last week, our guest, Darian Sanders, Isaiah Bailey from The Lion King. And um, worship night uh, a week ago was I incredible. I, I Here's how I know an event. I can't call it an event. It was it was more than an event. It was a movement. Mm. Um, it was a shift. It it, it really yes. was a seismic shift, if you will. Some would say. Um, some would say a seismic shift. <laughs> Shameless plug for our next series. Um, <laughs> but I really believe that to be true. Um, that it was actually a seismic shift in our community. Yes. And um, man, we. I mean, there were just thousands of people that were part of this event with us. And here's how I know it's an incredible movement is because I'm. I'm way beyond the event and I can't stop going back to it. Yes. I've watched the, I've watched the live cast, the replay of it, uh, more times than I can count. Um, I've got friends around the country that are, here's the funniest story. Just so you know, I'm in an elders meeting the night after the event. I get a text message from somebody that says, Hey, I know you just moved to Tucson. I don't know if you saw this event that happened last night. Do you know anybody? Um, check this out. <laughs> and I'm like, somebody's messing with me. And so I open the link. It's our YouTube link. It's the, sh- it's the Lion King show. And I just responded, are you serious? And they're like, yeah, it looked like this was incredible. And I'm like, did you watch it? Because I'm like, I'm literally the first thing that happens in the video. I walk out on the stage, on the stage. And, uh, and then I just get the response with, oh, I'm sorry, I'm an idiot. I was like, yeah, you are. Like, you are an idiot. Like, it's usually me that's the idiot. I'm like, but I feel like you're punking me right now or something. So I know the event's got even better than we anticipated because now it's come full circle on the internet and people are trying to tell us about our own event. That's how you know it's been a good event, you know, so... Uh, no, it was unbelievable mm. what happened. Yeah. Um, I was I was actually upstairs with uh, Liz Marco. Our she's actually over HR for us. Um, right, that's her but, real role here. But she was producing for the event, and she does an incredible job at that. But I was standing upstairs in the control room with her, talking about it while it was happening, and she said something, and it just sat with me for a minute. And I, as I've thought about it in in the days since, it just it's really kind of marinated in my mind the yeah. statement that she said. She said. Isn't it like for Christmas and Easter, like as a part of the production team, like we put all this time, resources, energy into planning these experiences and these services and it's, it, they're cool and they're awesome. Um, and they get people excited and they fill rooms, but all we did tonight was worship. Yeah. yeah. And like I say, all we did tongue in cheek, but like mm. Jesus just showed up. 
That's all you do. Like you don't have to. All you had done <laughs> was worship. <laughs> you don't have to like overproduce this this amazing, beautiful thing for for right. the spirit to move. No. And that was so cool because I've been you know in the church world for a long time, mm-hmm. and that's one of the first times that I've ever seen it just. Well, and here's what's great: like we had a form and we had a function of what we were doing. Yeah. Um, but here's here's like a little behind the scenes. Like Darian and I were talking about this. Like he positioned people on stage for rehearsal, and I don't know if you guys were in this conversation. Um, but then he said, once we got to the stage, um, I told them they couldn't stand where they were during rehearsal because we didn't want one movement, one spot, want anything to be a rehearsed movement or thing. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, I put them in where they thought they were going to be. And then I told him, nope, actually you're standing there. You're standing here. Do it. And he was like, and that way nothing's rehearsed. No, our movements are rehearsed. No, uh, nothing. Um, the only thing that was rehearsed was the worship was authentic from yes. nobody in the room to everybody in the room it was the same. Yeah. The same energy they brought in rehearsal was the exact same energy. They, you guys were in the room. Yes. For both. Rehearsal was no different. No. No. Actually, I would argue rehearsal may have even been better. <laughs> I would actually attest to that. I, I mean, I, I just. I hate that our people couldn't be here for the rehearsal. I don't. <laughs> because it was it was so cool just to see it for the first time. Yes. I don't know. I'm selfish. I'm glad we got to see that. I don't know what else got to see that. That was amazing. Um, so, Saul, you preach this weekend. You close out Hope Dealers, our series, our tagline, Dealing Dime Bags of Hope. Um, which I think we've just created a bunch of wholesalers of hope is what we've finally done. Um, D- Dylan, you got some notes written down about this. Um, what do we want to unpack with Saul from this message? Because I there was so many great takeaways. Well, one of my favorite things that you said during the message that, like, I don't know if, so much that you can unpack it, but just maybe expound it a little bit. Um, you said hope dealers run towards the hurting rather than away from them. Yeah. And for me, like, I don't know, like, what that sparks in my mind is kind of this this mental picture of like, I think sometimes we run away from the hurting and we don't even realize we're running away from them. Right. It's just we're busy. Like life right. is busy and chaotic and hectic and all the other synonyms that go with that. Um, but like if you go to a restaurant and like you're tired, like it, like a Sunday afternoon, it's after church, you go to a restaurant and you you don't, you don't really talk to your waiter, your server is just like, yeah, here's my order. And then like you just kind of, scroll on your phone and wait until your food comes or whatever. And so like <laughs> you, you miss that opportunity to, they, they could be a hurting person and all they need is for you to say, Hey, how's your day going? Right. And, and we're not, not intentionally, but I think like, like I said, we're not always running towards the hurting. Yeah. It actually recently happened to me while I visited a grocery store. Yeah. You know, I just walked in and you know, the attitude in the heart that I have and throughout this series, what's been developing is, and has captured me is, um, you know, the proximity piece, you know, as you're in proximity with people, um, you know, I could have just had conversations with people and walked away. But uh, one of the meat managers there uh, at a local grocery store, just I just said hi to him and I knew his reputation. I knew who he was, but I never met him. Mm. So I took the opportunity to talk to him and introduce myself, tell him who I was. And at this point, I hadn't even told him I was a pastor just started getting conversation. He just started to open up. And then one conversation led to another telling me how disappointed he was about a game that he had seen in football. And <laughs> is, he a, is he a Raiders fan by chance? Uh, Cardinal fan. Uh-oh. He shut it off like halfway towards uh, the game a couple of weeks ago. And he was just yeah. telling me how disappointed he was that led him to actually watch a movie called Father Stew. Oh, yeah. And then he started talking about Father Stew and how he felt God calling him you know, back into they need to get in a rhythm of church. And I said, hey, by the way, I'm a pastor. <laughs> and we had the conversation and I made an invite. But I think throughout the whole thing, there was conversations on how hopeless he was feeling where yeah. he was at. 
And I told him, I left him some words, hey, don't underestimate the leadership that you have. You have mm. the opportunity to run towards people instead of running away. Man, that's good. Um, well, and I love that imagery of running towards not away. Um, I've shared this with you. And I think we've all talked about this. Like my wife, she's a, she's a nurse and we have just found ourselves in some just weird, like traffic situations, like wrecks, accidents. Mm. Every time we, and, and it's, it's kind of weird to me now. I think about it. I'm like, do y'all come up on weird wrecks on a regular basis? Cause we do. It's just so strange. Mm. And, uh, every time, almost before I can stop the car, like Laura's almost out of the car and I'm like, Whoa, let me hit the brakes. And then I'm like, I guess I got to go too. like that. <laughs> And I mean, we've had every like we had a girl laying in a road one time, just got out of her car and laid down in the middle of four lanes of traffic. Laura right away gets out of the car and runs like towards her. Wow. Um, it, you know, I had a guy jump out of a moving vehicle at 40 miles an hour in front of me one night and I watched him bounce off the pavement and uh, thought he was dead. And all these cars were passing and I was like, somebody's got to stop. So I stopped thinking and it turns out it was one of my daughter's preschool teachers, boyfriend that they got in a fight in the car. He jumped out of the car mm. and I'm like, so I'm standing there with what I think is a dead body. And thankfully he lived and recovered. Mm. It took him a long time. But but I just had that moment. I'm like, we pass by because we don't want to be burdened. Mm. Or we're maybe even more so like if I stop, I may see something gross I don't want to see. Mm. Or worse, somebody else will take care of it. Right. You know, and hope dealers run towards those things. They don't run away from them. I, I think the illustration of 9-11, we've talked through that. Yeah. Of if you remember the pictures of that day as people were running away from the World Trade Towers, the first responders are running in. They run towards the smoke, not a, not away from it. Um, and if we're going to smell like smoke... You got to run yes. towards it. Got to yep. run towards it. You know, um, if you're going to rescue people from the flames of judgment, you got to run towards the smoke. Because yep. where there's smoke, there's usually fire. Mm -hmm. And where there's fire, well, we got to put it out. So, <laughs> uh, I was going to say something else there, but I'm... <laughs> later in the day so i got a little bit of a filter <laughs> oh, that's, that's less fun yeah it's probably not really a filter i just chose my words wisely um there's that so. Very wise. i think one thing whenever we're, we're talking about you know i you said we we don't want to be burdened right. and the first thing that came to mind when you said that was the parable of the good samaritan like oh yeah. how many people just walked well they were the religious remember yeah. it was yeah. the priest yes yeah i'm like the priest walked by the whole kicker about that story is though uh, the Samaritan would have been seen as a half-breed dog by the Jews. So the fact that the half-breed dog stopped to help the Jewish man, yeah, because a Jewish man wouldn't stop and help the Jewish man, and right. that certainly wouldn't have stopped to help the Samaritan. Mm -hmm. And But the Samaritan is the one that's like, all right, I know you probably hate me, and I'm supposed to hate you, but let me get you. Mm -hmm. That's the depth of that story. It's not that the other two passed by, and this guy just happened to be the good Samaritan. He was a Samaritan. That's the part of the story. And the fact that there had to be a delineation that he was a good Samaritan was because Jews thought all Samaritans were bad. Mm -hmm. So fill in the blank with a people group or the people that you would never find yourself in a neighborhood with or you'd want to talk to or you think are less than you. That's who Jesus says. That's who stopped and helped you. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at people that you think are less than or, uh, God forbid, you got a racist bone in your body and you see someone of a different color or a different ethnicity and you're like, I'm not doing anything with that. Somebody else can handle that, right? Because we use words like mm. that instead of them because then we can dehumanize somebody. Well, yeah, we, it makes you feel better about yourself. Yeah, you feel much better about yourself because they're not even really human at that point. So, you know, um, but as Christ followers, we're not called to be the Levite priest. We're called to be the Samaritan. Yeah. The one that's been hated on, you still love people. Mm -hmm. That's strong. That'll don't, preach. Don't get me going. We'll preach on here today. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get going. After worship night, I'm just like... 
Let's go. Hey, Let's don't go. don't don't make him preach. Nah, I see. Uh, <laughs> see what you did. Yeah. Later in the day, the jokes are better. Yep, <laughs> or worse. You got dad jokes. <laughs> um, one another another one that you, and I mean they're not one liners to be one liners, but they're the things that kind of stick in my brain. Yes. Um, you said hope dealers reconcile others to the father. Yes, he didn't say reconcile. You said reconcile. <laughs> 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 you caught him off guard with that one. I did. He, lost it. It. he, he you. said it, and I'm like, ah, did he not? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did. <laughs> oh, he said that phrase. He just didn't say reconcile. He said reconcile. So, Recon- <laughs> I wanted to say reconciliar. That's what I wanted. To oh, say. if you say you like that, have. if you say like that, it sounds like real, like suave. Uh, really. hey, <laughs> welcome back to our radio show, Reconcile. Oh. <laughs> You play that one after 7 p.m. <laughs> for all the men and ladies on your first date. Reconcile <laughs> with Saul. <laughs> we are so off the rails at the moment. Oh what were you my. talking about? Would you, you just unpack the statement <laughs> that you made? Can you repeat it what, again? Yeah, what was the statement? No, I'm again? not going to uh, say it again. Uh, uh, <laughs> we'll get stuck if you repeat it. Uh, we're stuck right now. Uh, I can't get out. Well, I think one of the things, you know, you talked about. You know, us being, you know, we, we just pass by people. We just do those things. I think, you know, when we really understand the grace that's been offered to us, we are to give it to others. Then we intentionally put people in proximity. And I think, you know, our ministry as uh, hope dealers is to actually understand what Second Corinthians talks about, that we, our ministry is to reconcile people with the Father. That's our deep ministry as mm. hope dealers. That's how we deal bag dimes of hope, you know, to others. Um, and that's what the statement was in regards. It's so good. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Well, and that's just it. You want grace, but you don't want to give grace. Yeah. You know, it's that whole, I want you to give me like benefit of the doubt that I don't give you the benefit of the doubt for. It's like, well, I want you to think the best of me, but I'm going to think the worst of you. Mm-hmm. It's like, how backwards is that? One of my favorite things, and, and we've talked about it. I don't know that we've, we've said it in these words on the podcast, I think we've alluded to it a little bit. Um, this this whole series of Hope Dealers has been a very uh, a DNA type series. Oh, very much so. Yes. Like it, it's setting it's setting the pace for what's coming. Yeah, there's some series when you do them, you're like, man, that was fun, that was good. Um, we knew coming into the series though. I've this has been this one has been stirring in my soul for a couple years, mm-hmm. and uh, I finally I've got the team that I think we have here that we can put the DNA behind this. Mm. And this is the DNA of Pantano. This is our church is that this is a very hope dealing church. Yes. Um, if you go all the way back to the worship night, all of the folks that we brought in for that, I'm still getting messages from them of like, how is your church that way? How are they so nice? Like God's up to something there. I'm, I'm like, yeah. yeah, that's why I moved 1900 miles. Cool. That's why I'm here. <laughs> um, but the reality is it is, a, it's not just another series to spur people. This is a DNA series. This is who we are. And the next series, which we start next weekend called Seismic Shifts, builds off of this series to be like, okay, when you become a hope dealing church, there's a seismic shift that happens in the culture around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some like new spiritual ground that is being, is going to open up. Um, and, yeah. uh, you know, instead of swallowing people into the pits of hell, it's going to swallow people into this, this place of dealing hope that is going to shift the culture around them. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really, really cool. Yeah. Well, and like as a whole, like the series, and, and I, I think Pantano does this pretty well regularly, 
but especially like now, like we, we talk about all the time, you know, your next step, we have yeah. a next step page right. um, where right. it's just constantly what, what's, what do you do next? Because people want to know what's next. Antano.church slash next steps. That's it. Mm-hmm. You can go right there. Right, right now. Just go ahead and do it. We'll wait. Pause us. <laughs> all right. Cool. Okay, Welcome back. Cool. Glad you're here. Um, <laughs> but I, I really just needed a sip of coffee. That's all that really, that really is for. Um, it, was, um, it was very selfishly motivated. I'm sorry. But we, we do that, I think, pretty well. But looking at the content and the context of Hope Dealers and how you just flow straight into seismic shifts... Um, I think every week is just, it's a stepping stone towards. Yeah. And so like, I, I, I think that sometimes people who are maybe visiting a church or checking out a new church, sometimes like you, you fall in between like a transition week from one series right. to another and it's a little jarring, you know, what's going on. Um, but with this, it's like, you're just going to pick up and yeah. it's like just an extension. It's like chapter two of Hope Dealers. That's exactly what it is. Um, and, and it's really, it, it's kind of like, you know, not choose your own adventure, but it's like the next volume. Yeah. You know, we're going into the next volume of the book. Um, and so now you unpack Lazarus with me because this was a big moment in this, like um, the whole grave clothes thing. Yeah. That, that's like probably my favorite part of this message. Well, I mean, it actually um, came from a conversation that you and I were having in the auditorium one day. Um, we were which, talking about I, the story of Lazarus. I still don't remember, but I appreciate it. <laughs> I think it was back when you were preparing the message in the previous series. It was Jesus is, you were talking about Jesus is uh resurrection and life and oh, yeah. we talked about Lazarus and we just sat there for a moment we were in the in the conversation you said can you imagine when Lazarus actually hopped out of the tomb yeah and people had to come around him and unwrap his clothes and wrap his grave clothes and we started getting deeper conversation because that's just how your mind works. You started talking about recent day. I'm glad you clothes. know how my mind works because I have no idea how my mind I'm works. I'm just understanding it right now. It's, it's, <laughs> in that moment, I felt like God was stirring something up for this last mm. message. Yeah. And it just hit me so hard in the sense where I started to think about it. And when you see what Jesus's words, you say, you see that he tells Lazarus to come out. Then yeah. the image came after you described it to me because mm-hmm. uh, I think Dylan mentioned it last time. You know, I didn't really understand. I didn't really see the picture of the story until you explained it. And you have a way of articulating, you know, what's happening in the Bible and stories. And, and you have a really unique calling and, and way of doing that. That's a really nice way to say you're special. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's a really nice way of saying it. I get it. Well, All right. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> But when you talked about that, it just brought life to the story for me. And I was able to see that when Jesus called him out, yeah, people around him, he told people around him to go and take the grave's clothes off. Yeah. And what does that mean? It means so many things. You know, to me, you know, in my life, it resonated and made me understand that the people that we've been ministering to and going dealing hope to a lot of times don't see themselves in grave clothes. Yeah. But they're actually in grave clothes. A lot of people in grave clothes are sitting in church. Yeah. It's like, it literally is the walking dead. That's that's what it becomes. You know, you think you're alive, but you're really not. Right. Um, and people around you are like, yo, you smell. Well, mm. that's actually like, that's, that's kind of where my mind went. It's like, as hope dealers, like sometimes we have to do the things that we don't like. Lazarus stunk. Well, he'd been dead and wrapped up it. in stinky grave clothes. Yeah. Which is kind of like, it makes me laugh. I'm like, was Jesus like, hey man, go and wrap him. Cause he's like, I ain't doing that. Uh-uh. Like, I, I'm, y'all touch him. That's gross. Like, he just he, hopped out of the grave. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, but I think what Jesus does there is pretty imperative too. He, Jesus could have unwrapped him, mm-hmm. but Jesus like, I'm going to use you. Yeah. Yep. And I don't know who those people, it doesn't give them a name, 
But somebody that was at that grave, Jesus was like, why don't you go and wrap him? Let him go. Yes. Um, and he's looking at each one of us going, hey, you got that neighbor? Go and wrap him and let him go. God, they, they need freedom. Yep. Unwrap that. It's got, it may be a little messy. It may smell a little bit. They may, you know, they may have some like oozy stuff. Like <laughs> that made me feel weird. I should have said that. That made me feel gross. I'm sorry, y'all. Um, <laughs> you're hearing that in like your car right now. And some of you just blow like, oh, you gagged a little bit. I know. Um, but I mean, that's reality, right? Yes. When you enter into people's lives, there's like, there's some gag reflex moments when you step into messiness of life with people. Yeah. And, and so I, I just think that that imagery you painted of, and you said it a few times, unwrap them and let them go. Yeah help unwrap people and let them go because you yourself have been unwrapped and let go. Yes. Now where my mind went when we went through run through last week and mm-hmm. I was like, so who unwrapped Jesus when he was in the tomb? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, right? Like, I mean, Jesus, yes, has the power to just be like, clothes be off and like his grave clothes fall off. But I really think if he was fully human, I think God sent someone, I think he sent an angel probably or, or God himself was just like, here, son, let me take care of that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, like who unwrapped his clothes? Who 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 let him go? Um, which becomes the exact epitome of now on baptism Sunday. What that signifies yes. is you're dying to a self. So yeah. you're you're going into that water in your grave clothes, but you're coming out and where the grave clothes fall off. Yes, and you got on new clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, just even like and, I, and like Jesus does nothing by accident, right? None. But like just the whole visual imagery and, and like water, like washing you, like right. it is. The grave clothes are washed off. The smell is washed off. Like you right. are, you are clean. You are new. Well, and then the word baptism is actually a dye maker's term, mm. baptizo. Mm. So you would take a garment to a dye maker in first century, and they would baptizo it and dye, and it would come out a completely different colored garment. Mm. So when you're baptized, you're going in one way, but you're actually being completely transformed. It's a really cool, That's yeah, awesome. really cool moment. Yeah. So okay, here's the deal. We're gonna take a break. Um, and you guys know well, we talk about our favorite subject outside of the things we just talked about, coffee, every single week. Every week. But then we had this moment a couple of weeks ago when Saul was on the first time. Not Paul, Saul. <laughs> it's um, important. It's, it is. It's before his, he's actually not been converted yet. He's still Saul. <laughs> um, we got to get him on the road to somewhere. You're going to be uh, blind pretty soon. You're going to be blind for a <laughs> few gonna days. It's going to be okay. It's well, going to be fine. Actually, I've been discipled. I got some good coffee this morning. Did you? Yeah, Dylan hooked it up. Well, <laughs> well hey, I... I just want to help those who are hurting. <laughs> you ran towards me. Away <laughs> I just me. ran towards you with the coffee. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I'm running towards the smoke, and he is on fire right now. <laughs> but speaking of fire, we got a new segment just for Saul called Salsa with Saul. Woo! <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man, he's up. He just went to his roots. Did you hear that? That was Saul, by the way. That was not me. I don't do those kind of noises because when I do it, it sounds like a machine gun. Like, um, and I have to try to roll my R's and it just gets weird. And I'm like, rah, 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 revive. Um, there you go. Um, oh, it's still playing. All right. Uh, I got really excited. That music's so much fun. Uh, so actually, we do have salsa in front of us. Yes. And uh, it's not just salsa from the grocery this store. This is not Costco no. salsa. This is, hold on. This will ruin you. Oh, for those of you that have audio issue, oh, Do we wow. give like an ASMR warning? <laughs> no. Oh, Musical. wow, that's so good. That's a. By the way, there's two colors of salsa. <laughs> We're not going to tell Dylan which is which. Thanks, buddy. No problem. <laughs> He's colorblind in case anybody's wondering. <laughs> um, some of you guys are like, do you have a blindfold on him? Yes, his eyes. <laughs> um, he cannot see them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he's got his own blindfold to color. 
Um, so we've got a we've got a green and a a red. Yes, and uh, I just had or the green for me. Red and red. For him, it's just a black, <laughs> black and black. Um, but we, I, bro, I just had the green. Oh, okay, so full disclosure, I've had Norma salsa. Yes, this is not salsa salsa of Saul. No, it's with Saul. Yeah, he brought his own salsa from home, but it's made by his wife. Yes. Um, and I've had this salsa. I've had both in my house. I've eaten it on everything, almost pr- probably cereal. Like I eat it on anything. It's so good. <laughs> cereal. Uh, hey man, don't knock it till you rock it, right? I mean, try anything once. I've never tried um, that. I really haven't either, but I might now. How many see if Cheerios rock with salsa? Well, on um, next week's episode, <laughs> bro, honey nut salsa. Oh. <laughs> Uh, we are off the rails, boys. Um, I'm off the rails. I'm sorry. Um, so I'm curious because I like coffee and we like the process of coffee. Educate us in the ways of salsa. Okay. Like how did, how did this come to be? Did you just throw a bunch of stuff in a bowl and like salsa or what's the process? Well, the green salsa is particularly my favorite because it has tomatillo flavor in it. Oh, I love tomatillo. Uh, yeah. Norma. Actually roast all the chilies. She roast uh, the tomatillos. She roast the Roma tomatoes, and she just roast the whole, you know, all the all the vegetables, and then she just blends it and puts in her own special spice in it. And what, what are the spices? What's the special spice or so? You guys won't be able to survive if I tell you that. Oh, I'll survive. I think Norma will come after all of us. Actually, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I've said this a lot, bro. I'm not worried about you. Like I, you're like you looked up at your gentle giant, Norma. On the other hand, I'm scared of, like I. Yeah, Norma. So during night of worship, we're just going back to that oh, off topic, I, but on topic. I, I know what moment you're going to talk about. So I'm. I, I was taking photos for the whole event, so I wasn't able to sit with my wife. But Aaron, your video director, was out in the audience, and I let I let Melissa, my wife, and one of her friends in the back door, so they could watch some of the rehearsal a little bit, and get some seats because I wasn't going to be able to sit with them. So I let them in the back door, and got them a seat. And Aaron sees it and he texts Norma and says, Hey, go harass Dylan's wife. She'll love it. My wife has never met Norma. Oh, this is incredible. And my wife is very uncomfortable with conflict. Oh. And Norma um, also likes to mess with people. Yeah. yeah. So Norma walks over and she's like, Um, excuse me, like how how did you get in here? And Melissa's <laughs> like, Oh, uh, my my husband works here. His name's Dylan. And Norma said, I I'm sorry, I've never heard of him. You need to go now. That is and like Melissa's trying to get her phone out and call me, and I can't answer because I'm taking pictures. Now I'm standing on the other side of our auditorium watching this unfold, and I'm like, oh, no. Like, I thought they were just talking. Oh, they were. But she was about to get thrown out. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, yeah, yeah. I'm terrified of Norma. But here's, but here's the deal. I, I, it couldn't happen to a better woman because your wife at some point could just be like, that's fine, I'll suit you. I'll put you <laughs> Being that she's uh, about to be a lawyer. That's, yep. Um, yeah. So does the roasting of all of this stuff bring the flavors out even more so? I think it does. Uh, when you taste the red salsa, you don't taste any of that char flavor inside of it. But See, yeah. I still say, though, I still think the red's got more kick than the green. I, I don't see that, but that, my taste buds are adjusted. So <laughs> Yours have been burnt out of your face. There you go. Mine, mine have not been. You're sweating. Yeah, but that means it's good. If I'm not sweating, the salsa's not good. I think if I want to paste picante sauce, I'd go to New York City. Uh, but I'm in Tucson right now. Why was that your New York accent? Haven't you ever seen the commercial for uh, paste picante? Yeah. And they're like, New York City. You know, a bunch of guys <laughs> I'm out just in saying desert. it's not close. No, it's not supposed to be New York City. They're making a joke. No, I'm saying picante. you're not close to the joke. Shut you're up. A li- <laughs> <laughs> 
I think the what I've determined to be the green salsa. Um, I think the heat from it is more in the back of your throat. Yes, that's actually yellow salsa that you're oh. eating right there. Is I'm like sorry. Yellow There's snow? a third color. We we threw you off. Um, I can count, Trevor. Can you see yellow? I, <laughs> <laughs> I could see if there were three cups and not two. Can you hear yellow? Because <laughs> I can't yellow see it. sound like. What does it sound like? <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's a thing either. Um, so. So there's a secret sauce in this. Uh, secret recipe. Family recipe. Come on, man. Yeah. Nope. I'm telling you, you need to market this. No, what you don't realize is that Norma was born a block away from Compton. Oh, wait. She was born where? A block away from Compton. From where? <laughs> <laughs> where was Norma? <laughs> what? What? Still? Yep. Still? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, you see, see that's we why do. we're afraid. That is why I'm afraid. Actually, I'm not afraid. She can be West Coast. I'll be East Coast. <laughs> I can be the biggie to her Tupac, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm all right with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just gives a little flavor in the office. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, hold on. I got to play that. Game. That's fine. I love that. Actually, on the on the soundboard we're using, I actually named this sound Norma. <laughs> we're ready for her when she wants to come on the episode. Actually, I feel like right now she's hearing this somewhere, and she's just going <laughs> to jump through that door and be like, what was that? Like, I don't know why I just made her sound like a large man, but um, I feel like her voice might change when she gets in the middle of this. So how often do you guys make homemade salsa? It's very often. I mean, when people ask for it, we just go ahead and, you know, well, Norma does. I just help her sometimes go get the groceries. Like I, I like did. So I was like, oh, actually, Norma does. I yeah. just don't do anything. I, just, <laughs> I, I go to the store for her. That's why he won't tell us the secret ingredient. He doesn't know it. <laughs> no. She's like, if I tell you, I got to kill you. And uh, if you'd like to keep your life, then you just go to the store for me. So full confession, <laughs> I've made this salsa, but it doesn't taste the same. Mm, of course yeah. not. Nope. No, because she's got that. Compton flavor that she puts in it, man. She, the she literally day. puts this in it every time. Like I feel like when she brings salsa out, that sound plays. <laughs> oh, man. I know what you did there. I'm not going to be able to see another batch of salsa come out without playing in my head. Every time she walks in with salsa, you're going to be like, Norma, did you make salsa? <laughs> That's the ad, by the way. When you guys go national with this, Dr. Dre walks out on the screen. He's like... You want some of Norma's salsa? <laughs> it's got love and Compton in it. <laughs> I feel like the salsa would be driving like a lowrider with hydraulics. How often? How awesome would that be? All right, we've totally fallen Just off. A, it's a jar. It's a jar of salsa. Oh, that's a lowrider like salsa yeah. jar. Yeah, there you go. bro. You know, can we ride in it with you? <laughs> Man, I want to be in that commercial. I feel like we just put a whole marketing plan together for the best salsa in the country. Dr. Dre, Snoop, you ever hear this? We need your sponsorship. Yeah. Okay. I need you to get behind this. Uh, this this podcast is completely gone off of the rails. Um, but that's what good salsa will do to you. Oh, yeah. It, it Like, it's so good. It is. Now, she's... You guys have sold some of this also. Yeah, we actually, um, Norma had the idea through some friends to raise some money for my college, my daughter's college tuition, and we were able to accomplish that. You sold enough salsa to pay for tuition? Yes. As I said with a full mouth? You should have seen our kitchen. It was just full of just so many, you know, salsa after salsa so after salsa. So does this salsa. explain why when we asked you to be on a podcast that she showed up to All Staff Prayer with an entire... Like Tupperware for every staff member of Salsa. <laughs> yep. We've got y'all. You need to understand. We got like fifty plus staff here. Every staff member left with Salsa. Yeah. Everyone. And it wasn't a pint. It was not a pint. 
I don't know what the appropriate measurement for salsa is, but it was like a fifth of salsa, not a pint. <laughs> is that the measurement? <laughs> I don't know. I, I came from the Midwest, like near Kentucky, so everything was a fifth there, right? So um, I, I don't know about in Tucson. I don't know how we measure salsa. <laughs> but um, If you're still listening to this podcast, please don't unsubscribe. Um, we're, we'd like for you to stay around. There's actually we, good stuff on here. Yeah, there is. It's just none of the things I'm saying today <laughs> on this episode. <laughs> it's too um, late today. You know what? So with that, um, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to end our first Woo! episode of Salsa with Saul. Oh, man, that's so much fun. Yeah. Hey, I'm just, Ooh. you know what I love about our podcast? Like, people probably think, oh, man, you guys spend a lot of time planning. And no, we don't. No. Dylan spends a lot of time planning. Um, <laughs> just he has notes and he's got stuff. And he's like, hey, can you just hit record? That's my only job. I hit record and uh, and I do a lot of this. Uh, okay. uh, I mean, that, that, you I mean, look pretty too. Uh, well, if that, we ever do a video podcast, I've got a, I've got a face for an audio podcast. <laughs> <laughs> got the face for radio, baby. That's uh, that's how my that's how good I look. They put me, they put me on video. That's how good I look. Like we Trevor want. actually preaches from backstage. That, that's actually not me. You've never seen me. <laughs> it's a stand-in. I am so ugly. They make me preach backstage, and somebody lip syncs for me. It's actually he's. We've it was re- it was a better plan to do that. Yeah, we've got, we've actually gotten really good at it. We've spent the last forty three years doing it. It's been really good. Um, it's awesome. So, all right, man. Well, we've got uh, we got some stuff coming up around here, don't we? Just a few things. Yeah. So what's happening? Well, like we said, just well, I mean. Seismic shifts is coming up right around the corner. So unpack yeah. that a little bit because we talked about how that's, it's just like a natural progression of hope dealers. Yeah, it, but, it is. But unpack it a little bit. Yeah. And we're going to walk through the book of Acts for, uh, I can't remember if it's five or six weeks. Um, it's six. It is six. Uh, we're we're going to, obviously we're not going to walk through every verse by verse, but we're going to hit some high points through the book of Acts. And here's the whole point is that every time in scripture that the church has movement, there's this seismic shift in the world around it. So in some in some regards, the ground literally shakes. Yeah. Um, you look in the book of Acts, there's multiple times where there's actual earthquakes that happen when God moves. And uh, I really believe that when God's people begin to move, in the first message this coming weekend, um, we're going to talk about that we gather to scatter, um, that when we come together, like the, the early church was scattered, and it wasn't just because of persecution, but there was persecution, that's why they scattered. But there was a purpose to the scattering um, they had gathered, and then God sent them out to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Um, and then the the other piece that has hit me that we're going to unpack this weekend is that um, you, you not only gather to scatter, but you scatter to help other people matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so as you go into the community, and yes, I know I'm Dr. Seuss. You're you're welcome. Your goose um, is loose. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, uh, and but. I really believe if we're going to be hope dealers and we're going to seismically shift our culture, then we must, we can't just hole up in our buildings mm. um, and not go somewhere. And so we've got to scatter into our communities, into our businesses, into our schools, into our homes, into our communities, our neighborhoods, our, our schools and football stadiums, wherever you go. Um, and you scatter to help other people matter. That's well, why you go. And I think that's just like, that's what we're doing with this podcast, right? Like go and make, not sit and take. Like right. we're scattering to matter. Like we're, we're going, we're not just going to sit here with it. Right. Right. Well, that, that's the point. Um, everything for me goes back to the great commission. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the great suggestion. Mm-hmm. It's the commissioning of God's people. So when Jesus says um, all authority was given to him to go into all the world, you know, that's our commissioning. I yeah. command you to go and make disciples of all nations, preaching, teaching, but all nations is a scattering. Mm-hmm. That's not a. I called all of you to Jerusalem. I called all of you to Judea. I called all of you, some to Jerusalem, some to Judea, some to Samaria, some to the ends of the earth. 
So your Jerusalem is your like right where you're at right now. That's yeah. your Jerusalem. Your Judea is probably your your city or your region. Um, your Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria would be the people that you really don't want to go to. Right. You know the the, the yeah, Samaritans. The good Samaritan. Yeah. Right. Um, and then the ends of the earth. I think that's where you start to have a global perspective. I would argue if you've never done anything globally, um, get on a global trip as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like Rocky Point here for us is a really easy way to do something. Yeah. To get your feet in the water. Um, I know it doesn't feel global to go three and a half hours away to Mexico, but it's a different world. Oh, it's absolutely. It, you know this. Oh, absolutely. It, you know, uh, it, it's a, it's a different, it's not what we live in right here. Mm-hmm. Um, and neither is Rocky point, the resort Rocky point, Rocky point right. is a different world. Mm. Uh, when my world shifted is when I went to the Dominican, when I went to Mexico, then I went to Africa, then I went to India, um, I've been into Europe and all these places, and there's you just get a global perspective that God is moving more than just in this moment mm-hmm. in this space. God is moving everywhere. And I would argue sometimes when you go global, I come back and I'm like, what is wrong with us over here? The first time I landed in Uganda, we went into this village, this children's village. These kids were playing no shoes. They were playing with a piece of rebar and an old bike tire. And they were happier than any kid I've seen in the United States. Mm. They were just happy. And, and I'm like, I had this epiphany where I'm like, it wasn't really an epiphany. It was a, something I already knew, but I didn't want to admit. The reason that those kids were happier than my kids is because they were content and happy with what they had. Our kids were wanting more. Mm-hmm. Not particularly my kids. My kids really have never been that way, which I'm thankful oh, but for. But I think we as a culture, like we're always wanting right. more. Well, even dumb things like iPhone 14. I yeah. want more. Right. You know, uh, you just got the iPhone 13 Pro. Yeah, but the new 14. It's just got one more number after it. <laughs> you realize they're just selling you a bunch of stuff, yeah. you know, and we fill our lives with all these things. But when you get a global perspective of the gospel, that's the other thing. You go, you go on these global missions, if you will, into these places. You're going to do something. You're, you're going to go help redeem people. I would say stop going with that attitude mm. because what's going to happen is you're going to get there and you're actually going to, they're going to redeem you. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's one of the missions I'm on the board for, Go Ministries, which is actually one of our missions we support here as a church as well. Um, I love, uh, you know, their their entire mission as a mission is mutual transformation. So that when you come in, you're probably going to come in and transform, but you're going to be transformed. And I like that mutual transformation. It's not, hey, come and do because and feel good. Um, people don't need you to come and paint one more thing. What people need you to do is come and invest in their lives. Yeah. And that's where that's where you start to see the real life change happen in you and them, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so what were we talking about? What, how do we, get, Oh, seismic shifts. Um, <laughs> I, we went on a tangent there, which, but that's, that is the seismic shift is when you start to feel the ground shake of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the world opens up yeah. and, and you have a new opportunity. So that, that starts this coming Sunday. I can't wait. It's so cool. And uh, like selfishly, like the design elements for it were super fun. Oh, to do. If you miss the opener, of this series. I don't want to say any more. All I'm going to say is if you missed the first five minutes of service, um, shame on you. Well, we told them if you miss worship night, shame on you. Oh, d- did y'all listen? Some of y'all didn't. <laughs> so listen to us this time. Yeah. I'm just telling you, do not miss this series. Do not miss. We got some moments planned that I think are going to be It's really going to be cool. really cool. Yeah, it's going to be great. And one of one of your friends is coming in to guest speak for the series at some point, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, my buddy, Cal Jernigan, who's actually lead pastor at Central Christian Church in uh, the Phoenix area. Um, they've got six or seven campuses around the Phoenix area. Um, I'm in a mentor group that with a bunch of other pastors that Cal leads for us. We go up there a couple times a year. 
Uh, actually, used to go out there because I had to fly out here. Now I live here, so I can just drive up there, which is awesome. <laughs> um, saves a lot of money, too. Well, unless gas goes up to like six bucks a gallon, then I probably ought to just fly because it'd be cheaper. Um, and it's 19 minutes to fly. Um uh, but I'm going to drive. Um, but yeah, uh, Cal will be here for the series and uh, I'm really excited. What he's going to bring in this series is going to bring a whole different element to the series, which I'm really excited about. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's going to be really good. I can't wait. And this last weekend, uh, we, we announced to our church full integration of our Revive. Um, what we would have said before was a ministry here at Pantano. Right. Um, and Saul preaches for Revive. It's our bilingual service. Um, but that, not that was ever said or meant this way, but uh, there was kind of a separation that was kind of there, a dividing line a little bit. Um, now you guys are, you're on the teaching team, right? We have, you guys are on the same schedule of teaching, uh, all elements are bilingual. Um, and I just, I love that we have, we, we are now, it's not us and them. It's, it's we, yes, it's, it's all of us together. Yes. Well, and I think that like we've said it before, like internally, um, but like one really cool thing for me as someone on staff, um, this was the first time I've ever designed series assets in another language, yeah. a language that I don't speak near about fluently. I don't um, even speak English fluently. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was really cool. Like we, we've teased Norma, but she's been so great for me yeah. to be able to just send her a message on Slack and say, hey, uh, will you translate this for me so I can give you these assets? Um, and just for me practically, like that's kind of where the shift in my my mind was. It's like, oh, like we're actually like we're working Right. Together. Like I can't do this without you. Right. And you won't have these assets without me. And so we have to do this together. Which one of our staff core values is collaboration. Yeah. Yes. Which I always joke is the vanilla ice uh <laughs> core value that we stop, <laughs> we collaborate, we listen, right? Uh -huh. Um and now Pantano's back with a brand new invention, you know, something. <laughs> Grabs a hold of me tightly. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to play that when he said Norma. Oh bro. bro. I almost did, but it was kind of a serious moment. Like it's I was like, we, I was like, we've been, we've been teasing Norma and <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Every time you hear Norma's name, you just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take that and make it a ringtone. Uh, oh, oh, bro. <laughs> uh, you know what? When my daughters call, I've got, all I do is win is the ringtone for my daughter. So, and, and my, it scares the living daylights out of me in my car because it rings through my Bluetooth and my, the only phone numbers that ring on my phone, everything else is vibrate, but I've said it, if it's my daughters or my wife. It, it plays an audible sound. Well, I forgot that I changed the ringtone to all I do is win. I was in the car last night, like 1030. Ella calls me. And I, when I tell you I almost wrecked the Jeep, like I almost drove right out in the desert. Because it was like, all I do is, I was like, what is happening right now? And, uh, and I was like, oh, my daughter's calling. And uh, apparently all we do is win right now as I drive through the desert and hit a cactus. Uh, so, um, no, but I'm really excited about the integration of Revive. It's, it's really... Uh, integration doesn't even feel like the right word. It's just like the melding of one now, yeah, the yes. unifying nature of the church. Um, and then we've got, man, Christmas is 12 weeks away. Yeah, that's that's going to happen fast. It's, it's going to be the best Christmas it's, ever. I heard this going to be the best Christmas ever. <laughs> um, if you don't know what that means, you should show up. It's going to be the best Christmas ever, which is the name of our series. I'll let it out of the bag. Um, best Christmas cut, ever. Cut, cut, cut. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll let you guys have that. Um, but we don't want to have the mediocreist, mediocreist, the okayest Christmas, the okayest ever? Christmas ever. Uh, I can't. Is mediocreist a word? Should we change the title to the the second best Christmas ever? Because the first one, no, because I think the best Christmas ever is when you find Jesus. Yeah, you know. The first, so that could be anyone's. The first Christmas ever was a good Christmas. Um, but this Christmas could be the best one ever because you could actually find Jesus yourself. Mm. 
See what I did there? All I was oh, yeah. doing was teasing, and you went into I just the, Jesus the pastor mode. <laughs> I, I Jesus <laughs> juked you. <laughs> I did. Uh, I just, uh, I kind of, I went the other way for you. Uh, just end on that. <laughs> yeah, we probably ought to. We probably should have ended this about 43 minutes and 56 <laughs> seconds ago, actually. We should have never hit record today. Um, if you're still subscribed and you're still listening, way to go. You've done well. Um, or... Yours, you don't know you're subscribed, or you're as twisted as we are, and, which is really sad for you. Um, because I mean, let's be honest, um, we got Norma in our world, <laughs> uh, but we've also got Saul, yeah. yeah, yeah. And if you meld the two, they sound like this. Um, it's just chaos, it is that's what this podcast is today. Um, that's what happens when we get salsa instead of coffee. This is what happens. I don't know what you put in that, Norma, but um, we are now officially uh. <laughs> Totally messed up. Wrecked. Um, guys, thank you so much, Saul. Thank yeah. you for bringing yeah, the word. Thanks, man. Um, Dylan's always just the most gracious of uh, co-hosts with me and lets me sit over here and push a bunch of buttons. And <laughs> I didn't. I don't even know what I just said. Was that a word? But but that didn't. I'm a professional communicator for a living. That's what I do. Hey, this has been another episode of the Make. We cannot wait to be back with you next week. Thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode of The Make Podcast, where we're moving from Sunday takers to everyday makers. To learn more, head over to pantano.church slash the make. We can't wait to see you again next week.